welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, uh, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel and I'm jet lagged and tired. Just got back from teaching in Amsterdam. Uh, Dan Dominguez and I were teaching head, neck, shoulder, and upper extremity issues in a three-day course there in Amsterdam for acupuncturists. And many of our um, attendees were also medical doctors because that's how Europe is. Um, but it was a fun class. I think um, we got really good um, response from people. I I always want to try to provide new information, you know, especially as I see tough cases and I learn something from those tough cases. I really like to include that information in my seminars. And for that reason, there's there, while there is a lot of overlap because some things will never change, we'll always have the same muscles um, and they'll always fail the same way. Um, I still like to um, mix it up when it comes to contextualizing the tr the um, motor points, um, and in this case, trigger points, with um, um, different, let's just say, pathologies. So it could be, this time I was really wanting to look at a lot more nerve entrapments, um, the ones that cause migraines, and the ones that cause um, numbness in the hand for like a radial tunnel and and uh, cubital tunnel, carpal tunnel, things like that. So we covered a lot more of those neuropathies, and then Dan did some really great nerve trunk stimulation with electric stimulation, uh, with electric stem. Um, but uh, this was the first time that I attempted to teach trigger points other than the upper trapezius and levator scapulae, which I have taught in the past, but this time we got into some other things, like infraspinatus and discussing um, the interesting trigger point in the infraspinatus that can cause uh, like a C6 um, dermatome sort of, um, uh, it's like a numbness or tingling in the, in that like fing, um, index finger and thumb. Um, but anyway, the, uh, the thing I wanted to talk about, I was, I, I saw, um, on my way back from um, Amsterdam, I was watching some things online and I saw, maybe I was in the, I was probably in the airport. I started on, on Facebook, there was like a 30 minute webinar that um, some acupuncturists had done that were talking about trigger points. So I was very interested because I was, you know, you don't see a lot of, you don't see a lot of acupuncture educators talking about trigger points. Um, not as an like educational sort of like, this is how you do it, or this is what you should do, or this is when you would use them, et cetera. So I kind of wanted to see someone else's take on it. And 
um, for you know some part of it, I was like, oh yeah, cool, okay. And they're even talking about Yonda's upper cross and things like that, upper cross syndrome. Um, so I was like, okay, that's cool. But then they talked about some things that I was kind of like, what is that? Like, um, you know how with trigger points, in order to deactivate an activated trigger point, you need to get a good fasciculation. You need to get that good local twitch response, they call it. It's like a segmental thing. It goes, it, it kind of ricochets off of the spinal segment, like just like a reflex arc um, that causes a twitch in the muscle. So it's not really coming from so from the central nervous system um like you know action potential it's like it's like a a reflex um that causes that local twitch response in the trigger point and um so you know um so they were talking about um like micro fasciculations like the ones that you barely can perceive you're just putting the needle in you're trying to be so gentle and maybe you don't really get some uh, uh, twitches. And um, so I kind of wanted to give my two cents on that. Um, if you are treating trigger points because the tight or taut bands in the muscle are inhibiting the muscle because its function is being interrupted by taut bands that are basically, you know, it's part of the muscle that's already contracted and it's pulling on um, the origin insertion, can cause some pain at the tendons, or could be just inhibiting the movement of that muscle. And I'm thinking of something like the lower trapezius. Sometimes I want to do um, trigger points in the lower trapezius and also in the lats, where those trigger points are not active trigger points that cause a pain referral pattern i'm trying to treat those taut bands getting fasciculations that will release tension and and restore function for the joint that i'm effect, that i'm thinking about um, those in those cases i totally agree that those little small fasciculations they're not a good big jump of the muscle are beneficial because you're just getting those little top bands to, to fire. An active trigger point, I believe, is way more uh, likely to twitch really big, and you want it to. I think that when you have an active trigger point, not only do you have more pain chemicals, but you probably have more acetylcholine just sitting there as this irritant ready to just jump really big. And when you're treating an active trigger point, um, and this is why you really want to do it in a class, a live class, because everyone's trigger points are unique to them. It's not like a motor point. is. You can kind of find a motor point most places in the muscle, um, and you're fine. Um, just you know, stick a needle in a belly of the muscle somewhere, and you're probably going to get a motor point. Whereas um, with a trigger point, an active trigger point. Not only do you need to find trigger points, you need to find the trigger point that's actually causing the pain. Otherwise, you're just treating taut bands that are not going to help to resolve the problem. So when you're when you're in a live class, you can you can go through that and kind of um, get feedback from the patient and figure out exactly where you need to be. 
So let's think about like, okay, for instance, the infraspinatus trigger point that causes that paresthesia in the C6 dermatome. You got to find it. And the infraspinatus is full of taut bands. So just finding a hard ropey band, you, you haven't won the game. You're, you got to hunt. And when you find what you think is the right spot, then you put some ischemic compression on that active trigger point, And the person with this C6 paresthesia should begin to feel it in the thumb and index finger if you found the right spot. So, and you might have to press for up to 30 seconds. But when you found the right spot, then you know you're there. Then, if you're going to treat it, you're going to treat that trigger point, you really want to get some good twitches. Otherwise, you're just kicking a hornet's nest. You're just going to irritate it. And believe me, I've had that done on myself where the trigger point was not um, deactivated. And then I was in more pain after the treatment until the next treatment when it could be fully deactivated. And don't kid yourself, you can't just get like one fasciculation and then just e-stim it and think that's going to do it. Sorry, you, it's, you're either all in or you're all out. You know, it's, it's like Yoda talking to Luke Skywalker about try. He's like, no try. Do or do not. There is no try. And that's how it is with trigger points, active trigger points. Either decide that your patient can handle um, a bit of discomfort or don't, or don't do it. But you have to have that conversation, prepare the patient, let them know there is some discomfort involved, but it's essential to get rid of their problem. And, and when they agree, then when you go in there and you get a good twitch, and then you go back and you push and they still have the paresthesia, then you're not done. And if you leave it like that, you're probably going to make it worse until the next time you see them. So either do or do not. But when you're ready, then you have to get the fasciculation that's going to deactivate the active trigger point. So when you get that twitch, Try to get one or two good ones and maybe three or four if it's really jumping. Get it. And the person is not loving it. It's an uncomfortable trigger point to get treated. But it's better to have four painful twitches in a row that deactivate it than like two that, that only irritate it. So when you're ready to treat that trigger point, you're either all in or don't do it. So then once you get those twitches and you think you've deactivated, you have to do the ischemic compression test and you're going to put your thumb or whatever you put on it before on the point and make sure that it just feels like a bruise. It should just feel like a local soreness, no radiation, no, nothing into the thumb and index finger anymore. And then you know you've deactivated that trigger point. Now, there are cases where you need a two or three sessions in a row to resolve the trigger point, but the difference is when they leave your treatment room, they don't have the pain referral. Now, what 
seems to happen is the trigger point comes back a little bit. And then the next time you see them, you have to deactivate it again. Okay, so sometimes it does come back a little bit, but you didn't make it worse. You, you resolved what was actively hurting in that treatment. And then they leave and they feel a whole lot better. And then over the course of a week or so, it might start to come back a little bit. It's not coming back to where it was, but they may notice that there's still a little tingle in, in certain positions, like maybe driving. Um, so what happens then, you just, you just have to treat it again and you have to do the exact same thing. But it's really important. You're either all in or you're not. There is no middle. There's no try. There's and when it's coming when it comes to active trigger points, there's no um, gentle microfasciculations that you can hope for. I, <clears throat> nobody in our business that that does what we do in order to help people enjoys um, inflicting discomfort on our patients. Nobody. However, if you want to help them, <coughs> sorry, if you want to help them, you have to do it. You have to be ready to do it <clears throat> and you have to walk them through it. You know, you have to be willing to tell them this is what's going to happen and this is what it's going to feel like and it's going to suck for a few seconds. And then when we knock it out, you're going to be way better and then you're not going to have this problem and then you're going to be able to drive your car without your right hand going numb. And that's why they're there. So, um, so I wanted to kind of cover that and discuss that about trigger points, that if you're new to trigger points and you're looking to do them and, you ha and you've tried them and your patient comes back and they said they're worse, it's because you didn't deactivate their active trigger point. You chickened out. You, <laughs> you, you got a, a twitch and then they said, ooh, and then, and then you were like, sorry. And then you said, all right, now I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to gua sha. Or, or you said, let's just cup it. And, and you stirred the hornet's nest. You, you, you hit the hornet's nest and now they were coming at you. So there, you know, there's no half measures with trigger points. You either go in for deactivation or don't do it. And, um, and so you just have to be re mentally ready and you have to have the com conversation and you have to get in there and get some uncomfortable fasciculations in the trigger point until it's deactivated. And that goes with glute medius too. I see that with glute medius. I think I've gotten the trigger point completely um, deactivated. And then I grab my massage gun, my like hypervolt, and I push it into that area and they're like oh it's just sore yeah I, I asked them is it just sore and they feel like it's just sore and then I move just a little to the left of where I was and they're like ah that still hurts so I thought I got everything I got everything that I was needling but there was more and you can't just leave it like that you have to get the rest so just be ready you know when you're ready to start working with trigger points there's no, there's no like, oh, they're too depleted and I'm just going to do like one little micro fasciculation, not on an active trigger point. 
um, if they're too depleted and they can't tolerate it, then you have to find a different way to manage that trigger point um, without without um, needling into the active trigger point because otherwise you're just irritating it. My my suggestion is most most people can tolerate it, and if you have somebody that's just you know um, unable to tolerate it, then you'll have to do something. Um, more neurofunctional to try to resolve some of their pain with maybe something segmental with electric stim neuromodulatory but at the end of the day you're going to have to have that conversation and find a way to um, address the active trigger point so that it will be gone for that person and um, you know it's probably not something you're going to do on a first visit especially somebody that you think is too too um, weak or too needle sensitive um, to handle it. You just have to have the conversation that that is what's going on and that today we're not doing that, but eventually we will need to do that. And that's pretty much how I handle that. I'm just saying, I say, you know, okay, well, today we're not going to, we're not going to go into this trigger point because, you know, the treatment that we're doing so far is already um, more than you want to tolerate. So just know that eventually when we get rid of all the other issues and it comes down to that one point, we will have to do some local treatment into that tight sore spot and make it go away eventually. And very often eventually ends up being the next session because they feel the improvement that they got and now they have some trust and faith that what you predicted was true. And then they're a little bit more ready mentally because it's not their first time getting needles put in. Um, and they start to feel you know, a little bit more optimistic because they can feel that the, the treatment you provided was actually really helpful. Now there's just this one thing that's still causing problems. Um, one of the most common one of the most common situations like that is with the um, piriformis or some of the other deep rotators that are causing um, sciatica. So the treatment with just motor points alone provides them with several days of good relief. And then as the trigger point um, tightens up again and starts to cause more problems, then they start having the sciatica come back. And then when they see you again, they're on board because they know that, that you know what you're talking about and that you totally predicted what would happen. And then they're on board with a little bit of trigger point release in the piriformis or very often the superior gemellus um, is a big cause for sciatica. Um, you just kind of palpate and find it. Uh, or use your uh, massage gun if you like. Um, I think that's a nice way to find trigger points that I think is um, comfortable for the patient, very effective for us because we can push deeper into the tissue and, and it just, I, you know, I feel like it's a little, um, I don't know, more respectful of someone's personal space to not have to dig into their glutes with your thumb and just use the massage gun. You just find those trigger points, but superior gemellus is, is a big problem for a lot of people with, sciatica that's that's um, not resolving 
with motor points alone. Uh, superior gemellus can get uh, seriously tight with trigger points. So look for that um, next time you're palpating and the piriformis feels good and they're still having some sciatica when they're sitting or standing. Look for that superior gemellus trigger point. It's usually right by the sacrum, just right below where the piriformis would attach the sacrum. Go down a little further and you're going to feel that tight band of the superior gemellus. And um, when you find it, um, you can get a few good twitches out of it and it will release. And then they have a way better result. But um, like I said, when they're needle sensitive, it's their first visit. You know, I try not to have to do anything too aggressive. Um, it, it does happen, but I try not to. I, I try to go real gentle and just explain to them that what may happen is there may be trigger points that we're going to have to address if the treatment isn't holding. And so, and so if, you know, if they're better for four days and then it comes back, then we know there's some trigger points. Um, usually after we get those trigger points, the sciatic is gone and they're fine. So, um, that is it for today. That's my two cents. Um, and, uh, I hope you have a great week and I will talk to you soon.